I believe in Hashem. I trust in Hashem. There never is a moment when that I am alone and I'm on my own. I believe and I trust in Hashem. Because I understand that He's holding my hand and every step is perfectly planned. He's holding me tight, so I'll be all right. I believe and I trust in Hashem. So we have just celebrated the very special birthday of the Rebbe Rashab. And the Rebbe once told us a story about the Rebbe Rashab when he was four or five years old. You probably heard the story from Hayoimiyayim, that when he was a little boy, he went to his Zaydi, the Tzemach Tzedek, to get a bracha for his Yoim Holedas, for his birthday. And he came to his Zaydi's room, and he burst out crying. When his Zaydi asked him, why are you crying? He said, he learned in Chomish and Cheder that Hashem appeared to Avram, and he's crying, why did Hashem appear to Avram and not to me, and not to us? And the Tzemach Tzedek answered him that a Yid like Avram, a Tzedek, who at the age of 99 decides to make a bris milah, he deserves that Hashem should show himself to him. Now, the Rebbe said, let's understand who is the one asking the question from the Tzemach Tzedek. It was a little boy, four or five years old, in connection with his birthday. When you see a, a little boy, four or five years old, crying, what are you crying about? Oh, my Legos, my toys, I want a cupcake, I want a candy, I want this, I want that. And here we see that the Rebbe Rashab, the little Shalom Doivbed, at such a young age, what bothered him, not anything to do with candies or toys, what he cared about the most is Hashem. What does that mean? He loves Hashem so much. And when he heard that Hashem showed himself to Avram, he also wants to have it. Yes, the Rebbe said that we should also learn a lesson from this. The Rebbe said in the olden days, when little Kindelach would learn Torah, sometimes you have to do like the Rambam says, give them some candy, give them some nuts, some money, to bribe them that they should learn, they should daven, they should do a mitzvah. If you do this, you'll get that. But the Rebbe said, the Rebbe Rashab is showing us different. Since we're so close to the times of Mashiach, where everyone will be wanting to do Torah and mitzvahs just for Hashem, now the Rebbe Rashab is showing us that even though he was a, such a young boy, 
four or five years old, what did he care about the most? What's on the top of his wish list? Hashem. And therefore, the Rebbe said, this shows us we can do the same. We can learn Tyra just for Hashem. We can do mitzvahs just for Hashem. In other words, if someone says, I learned five pesukah in Chumash, now I deserve a lollipop. Or I, I help mommy in the kitchen. So I deserve a reward. The Rebbe Rashab is showing us the best reward that you, you're getting is what you got. That you learned Tyra. You did a mitzvah. That is the best reward. Because that connects you with Hashem. There's no better way and no other way to get connected to Hashem, to be closer to Hashem, like the Rebbe Rashab wants, as much as through taira and mitzvahs and doing good things. When I heard this, I thought to myself, I'm a teacher in a class of young boys. They are a little older than four or five. They're like five or six. So I said, I'm going to try. I'm going to see if the Rebbe said so. It's surely so. So I came to class and I told the children the story of the Rebbe Rashab. And he said, Kindalach, let's try this. I said, let's say I want to give you something. You're going to want to take it. It's a gift, right? What's the greatest gift in the whole world? Taita is the bestest chayda. Taita is the best merchandise. It's worth more than money, more than all the toys, more than all the money in the world. So let's say I go over to you and I say, Yasi, I'm going to give you a million dollars for free. You're going to want to take it. Or are you going to say, I'll take it from you on one condition. If together with the million dollars, you also give me a lollipop. And if you don't give me a lollipop, I don't want the million dollars. <laughs> Does it make sense? Or even worse, you say, I'll take the million dollars for you on one condition. That also give me a piece of dust. And my whole class started to laugh. They said, it's silly. You're getting a million dollars. What do you need a piece of dust? What do you need a lollipop for? A million dollars is so much more. So I said to the Kindalach, if learning Taita is worth more than a million dollars, so if I say to you, Kindalach, let's learn Taira, you're not going to say, Rebbe, what am I going to get for it? Can I get a lollipop? Can I get a prize? Can I get a ticket, a coupon? Can I go on a trip? All these rewards are not worth as much as Tyra is worth. Tyra is worth so much more. Tyra is the best thing. It's Hashem's Tyra. And when you learn Tyra, you become connected to Hashem. You become one with Hashem. And I think... I said to myself, I think the kids are understanding me. So you know what I did? 
I made an experiment. I said, Kindalach, listen. Usually I give out tickets, I give out prizes, I make raffles, I give out nash for those who are sitting straight, behaving well, going online, learning well during their homework. We're going to try this experiment, I said to them. We're going to learn Taita just for Hashem. That will be our best reward. Anybody ready? And a few boys raised their hand. They said, yes. So they were so proud of themselves that they did not get any tickets that day, no rewards, no treats. Other boys did. They weren't yet ready. Guess what happened the next day? More boys said, Rabbi, I'm doing it just for Hashem. It didn't take long. The whole class said, Rabbi, we're learning Torah just for Hashem. We're doing mitzvahs. We're behaving. It's only for Hashem. I was so impressed and so happy that it's exactly like the Rebbe said. So I called the principal to come into the classroom. I said, do me a favor, please. Ask the children to say a few psukim for you. Psukim of Chumash. And he asked them. When he finished, I said to the, to the principal, now ask the children if they want a treat because they said psukim so well. So he said, Kinalach. Would you like to have ice cream for saying the psukim so well? And all the children said, no thanks. I said, what? No thanks, we don't need ice cream. But you just said the psukim so well. Yes, we don't need any ice cream for it. What would you like to get? You know what they said? To learn more psukim. That's exactly what happened. I was so impressed. I started to get mitzvah notes from the Kindalach. The mommies would write to me. My son did this thing and didn't want to get a reward. He did it just for Hashem. He did this thing. He did that thing. One time I got a note. The yeshiva was collecting money for a yid who needed some tzedakah. And a boy brought $30. And it said on the mitzvah note, the mommy writes, that the boy wanted the money should be from his own money. He had his collection, his own savings, and the $30 is from his own money. I took the mitzvah note and put it on my desk. The next day, I got another mitzvah note. And the mother writes, Shabbos Mevarchim, my son said so much to Hillam, and when his uncle heard about it, he says, here, I'll give you a treat. And he said, no, I said it because it's Shabbos Mevarchim. I did it for Hashem. I took that note and put it on my desk. I kept on getting such notes. And the Kindalach was so happy. 
But I want to tell you something. I do like to give treats to the Kindalah. I do like to give them prizes and trips. And they get it. But they don't get it as a reward. Sometimes if I, if I give out treats to the Kindalah, and I did it quite often, it could do say, Rebbe, it's not for the Chumash. It's not because I davened, because I davened for Hashem. I said, no, it's time just like this I'm giving you. One time, I told the Kindalach a story. The story goes like this. There was a Yid in Tzfas. Lived about a hundred and something years before the Balshemtiv's times. He was a Pashta Yid. And one time, in the middle of the night, he was doing Tikkun Chatzas. That certain Tehillim and Tfilais that certain people say in the middle of the night, begging Hashem to rebuild the Beis HaMikdash, the third Beis HaMikdash. There was a knocking at his door, and who was there? Elio Hanavi came to visit him. Now for Elio Hanavi to come to someone, you can't just be a regular guy. Hardly any regular person will get to see him. You might see him in the street, you wouldn't know it's Elioh Navi, because Elioh Navi can come dressed up like anything, that you wouldn't even recognize that it's him. Who does Elioh Navi go to visit? Great Sadiqim, Holy Eden. But the regular people don't really get to see Elioh Navi just like that. But if he does come to someone, it's because this someone did something extra special. So this Yid in Tzfas deserved a visit of Eliyahu Navi for something very special he did. Now Eliyahu Navi comes in and says to him, listen, you see I came to visit you. Why did I come? Because in Shemayim, in heaven, they decided that you deserve that I should come and visit you. What did you do so special? There's something that you did on the day of your bar mitzvah. And because of that, they decided that you deserve my visit. So I want to make a deal with you. I will reveal to you secrets, secrets of the Torah, certain deep secrets that nobody knows, on one condition. If you could tell me what was that good thing that you did on the day of your bar mitzvah that made you deserve that I should come and visit you. You must have done something extra special that I should come and visit you. What is it that you did? And the Yid answered, whatever I did, I did for Hashem. I didn't do it for a reward. I didn't do it in order to tell anyone, not even you. And if you don't want to tell me the secrets, because I'm not telling you my secret, then don't. Never mind. And Eliyahu, he benched him and he left. 
in Shemayim, it became a big tumult, a big excitement. Look at this Yid in Tzvast. Look what he just did. He was given a chance to find the big, big secrets of the Torah from Eliyahu and he refused because he doesn't want to tell anyone what he did for Hashem. He did it only for Hashem, not for a reward. It became such a big tumult, and guess what they did? In Shemayim, after this Yid lived a long life, and he passed away, and his neshama went back up to Shemayim, about a hundred years later, they took his neshama, says, you're going to become the neshama who's coming to this world to be the Baal Shem Tev. Yes. Baal Shem Tev told, taught secrets to the world. They took this neshama and he became the Baal Shem Tev. I told the story to the children in the class. Guess what happened? What happened next? I called the two boys who brought me the two mitzvah notes about the $30 that is from his own money. And the boy who did Shabbos from Tilim just for Hashem. And I said to them, tell me, if Eli Yohan Navi would come to you and say to you, I will tell you secrets. Just tell me what's on that mitzvah note. What did you do? If you tell me what they, those mitzvah notes are, I will tell you secrets of the Torah as a reward for telling me. So I said to the kids, would you tell Eliyahu Navi what you did? And you'll get such a great reward from Eliyahu Navi. And the boy says, no. What we did was just for Hashem. And for no one else, not even for Aliyah and Navi to know. Just then, a boy in the class raised his hand and says, Rebbe, you know what? You know what's going on in Shemayim right now? Just like there was a big excitement when the Yidden Tzvas didn't want to get a reward, right now these two boys are also making a big excitement in Shemayim. Hashem is so proud of them, of doing a mitzvah just for Hashem. Why am I telling you this story? Because the Rebbe says each and every one of us can do it. Can start doing mitzvahs, learning Torah, doing good things, helping a person, not because you're getting a reward, you're doing it for Hashem. And that should be the best reward. That you're doing it just to make Hashem happy, to give nachas to Hashem. That is the greatest thing. It might be hard at the beginning. I saw some kindalach in my class. It was a little hard for them. But after a while, they were able to. The Rebbe said that now we're given a special kayach to be able to do so. That's why I'm telling you this. Okay, now let's go to story time. 
Today's story takes us back to the times of the Rebbe Maharash, the father of the Rebbe Rashab. The Rebbe Maharash lived in Lubavitch, and people would come from all over to have Yechidus, to go privately into the Rebbe's room and speak to the Rebbe. And if there were a lot of people, they had to go on a, on a list and take, get their turn. You come back on Sunday, you come back on Monday, you come on Tuesday. And each day, a certain amount of people would go in. The Gabai, who was in charge of the list, was very careful not to give too much work to the Rebbe Maharash. Why? Because the Rebbe Maharash was then a little bit weak. He wasn't well. And he knew that the Rebbe Maharash is going to get too many problems coming, to people with problems, it might affect his health. So he was very careful. He tried to let as many people as possible in. Now, when it came your turn, you'll come to the waiting room near the Rebbe's room, and the waiting room has a special name. It's called Gan Eden Hatachtoin. It's like the lower Gan Eden. The Rebbe's room itself is Gan Eden Ho'elyon, the higher Gan Eden. It's also called Kodesh Hakadoshim, the holiest of the holiest place, just like in the Beis HaMikdash. So a whole bunch of people would be waiting in the waiting room till it comes their turn to walk in. Because each day, a group of people would have their turn. While they're waiting, they didn't waste time. Either they will be sitting and saying Tehillim, or they will be thinking through what they're going to say to the Rebbe when they get in to take good advantage of the few minutes that they're going to be by the Rebbe, to be able to explain what their problem is, what kind of bracha they need. Sometimes the Gabai would say, you can't go in. Let's say if the person was by the Rebbe not too long ago, or he lives not too far away, then you know what the Gabi would say? Why don't you just write a letter? and I'll give it to the Rebbe. You don't have to go in face to face, you were just there. A Yid came from very far, and his name was Reb Shmuel Brin, Beis Reish Yud Langanon, Reb Shmuel Brin. A very, very close Chassid, a great Chassid, a Talmud Chacham, a Chassid of the Rebbe Maharash, he was also a merchant. He owned a big, big factory that makes mashka, vodka. And it was a big surprise for everyone when they saw him come. Because usually, Reb Shmuel Brin would come to the Rebbe Maharash for a Rosh Hashanah. And later he'll come again for Yutas Kislev, which is Rosh Hashanah for Chesidus. And suddenly, in the middle of a regular weekday, he showed up. And from the looks on his face, you can see that he has a serious problem. 
He told the Gabbai he has to go in. And the Gabbai said to him, I can't let you in tonight, but I'll give you a spot. And he wrote his name down on the list. He says, come back in a few days, you'll be able to go in. These few days, what did Reb Shmuel Brin do? Sat the whole day and night saying to Hillim and checking his memory. Did I do anything wrong? Do I have to do tshuva for anything? Why did this big problem happen to me? It must be something. Maybe I did something wrong that I have to fix. We'll soon see what the problem was. A few days passed, and he went into the room of the Rebbe Maharash. As soon as he saw the Rebbe Maharash, he burst out uncontrollable crying, tears flowing from his eyes. And the Rebbe Maharash tried to comfort him with some nice words. When he calmed down a drop, the Rebbe Maharash said to him, Tell me, what happened? What's going on? And he said to the Rebbe, Let me tell you what's happening. The Rebbe knows that I'm the owner of a big, big factory that makes mashka. And the way it works, the government, the Russian government, gets taxes from me for every quart of mashke that I produce and I sell, I have to give some of the money to the government. How did they know how much I make, how much mashke? So I have in one of my rooms in the factory a big, gigantic container. It's called a vat. This vat contains hundreds and hundreds of quarts of mashke. How do I put it into bottles? So we have a faucet, like a sink. On the bottom, we open up the faucet and fill up the containers, the bottles, and then we sell it. Now the government, what did they do? They put into the faucet a meter, like a clock. And all the mashke that goes through this faucet gets counted. The meter counts it. And every once in a while, an officer comes from the Russian government and checks the meter and sees how much mashke I sold. And he tells me how much I have to pay him. And everything was going fine. I paid them. The government was happy. Everything was good, Baruch Hashem. But lately, something happened. One of my Goyesha workers did something which was very not nice. He went in the middle of the night without me knowing about it. He went into the factory. He went behind the big gigantic vat and he was stealing mashka. How? He drilled a hole 
into the big vat, and suddenly mashke is pouring out, and he filled up many bottles with the mashke. He closed the bottles. He put a little rubber into the holes so it doesn't pour out anymore. He took these bottles and sold it to his friends and took the money for himself. These are two crimes, two bad things. Number one, he's stealing from me. Number two, he's stealing from the government because it didn't go through the meter. It didn't go through the faucet, so the clock couldn't count it. Okay, so what happened afterwards? This could, I don't know how long this was going on. And it could have continued, except for the fact that one night, a second Goyesha worker caught him, the first guy, what he's doing. He saw what he's doing. And instead of coming to tell me, you know what he did? He insisted that the guy who should work, who's doing it, should make him into a partner. They should do it together, and they'll both get the money. And he had no choice. He didn't want anyone to know about it. So he said, okay. But guess what happened? After a couple of days, they got into a fist fight. The fist fight turned bloody. And the second guy ran to the police station called the police, the police came, and they saw what's going on, and they arrested him, the first guy. They brought him into the police station, he's going to get punished for what he's doing. But, here's the problem. Somehow, this guy told the police that it wasn't his fault. He says, you know why I did it? I did it because my boss, Reb Shmuel, told me to do so. He wanted me to steal from the back of the vat so he doesn't have to pay taxes. So it's, it was his idea. He told me to do it. That's why I was doing it. Now Reb Shmuel looks at the Rebbe and says, I don't know. If, he, if the guy made up the story or the police, chief of police told him to make up the story, whatever it is, they let the guy free. And they came to me and they arrested me. And they brought me to the police station and they locked me up. And it took so much effort for my family to gather enough money to pay them to bail me out, that I should go out meanwhile until I have to go to court. Now the next thing is to go to court. And we all know that these judges in court are all anti-Semites. They hate the Yidden. I have such a small chance that I should be freed from this problem. Rabbi, what should I do? I'm coming to the Rebbe for advice and a bracha. And he burst out crying. In his cries, he said to the Rebbe Maharash, 
The kind of punishment that someone can get for this is to be sent to Siberia for life. You know, that's going to ruin me, my family, all the Yidden who are working. And all this time, my factory was closed down. The police put a lock on it. It's closed down. We can't, nothing's happening now. Parnas is gone. I mean, it's, Rabbi, I need help. The Rebbe said to him, I'm going to give you instructions. And the Rebbe gave him certain instructions. And when you listen to a tzaddik's instructions, we know whoever listens to a Rebbe and follows the instructions perfectly and exactly is always safe. So what were the instructions that the Rebbe gave? That we will hear in Yitzhashem in part two of this special story from Yitzhashem next week. Zeigesund, a good gebenchte wach, a good gebenchte chaydesh.